Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Challenge Flag, where we call BS on fantasy football so-called experts. I'm Zachary Dorfman, joined by Michael Conti. Hey, how are you? And today, we are going to be talking about my favorite position, and most likely yours too, the wide receiver position. Now, if you didn't tune in last episode, here is how we're going to break this down. So just like we did with the running backs, we are looking at last year's ADP versus their actual finish. And we're going to use some of that data to look at this year's draft and ADP and try to figure out where guys are going to finish this year as well. Now, disclaimer, just because we say that in 2018, maybe a wide receiver one was picked in the ninth round, that doesn't mean that you should wait to the ninth round to pick a wide receiver and think automatically you're getting a wide receiver one there. That's really not how this works. We are just really trying to look at where you can find those pockets of receivers and try to recreate some drafting trends from last year. This is not something that's set in stone, but it can try to point you in a direction to figure out when you can wait a little bit or when you can or when you should be jumping on an opportunity and also just some guys to target because we know that every year's draft is a little bit different, but there are some trends that are going to stay the same. So before we get into it, we are still waiting for Spotify to respond to us, but uh, we are trying to get up on Spotify to make it easier for you guys to listen to. But in the meantime, go follow us at flag underscore challenge on Twitter. Go to our website at thechallengeflagofficial.podbean.com, or you can just go right to our Instagram page or our Twitter page, and the link is right in the bio for you. You can also go listen to us on iTunes as well. So... Let's just jump right into it. Now, if you followed us last time with the running backs, we told you that the first two rounds were really solid for running backs. You don't really have to think about it. Uh, Fantasy community, you are smart. You draft running backs early. You know that they're going to be successful. Guess what? The same thing is actually true for wide receivers, but better yet, it's actually through the first three rounds last year. The only guys to finish outside wide receiver one or two territory in the first three rounds was AJ Green, who we know was a wide receiver one before he got injured, and Larry Fitzgerald, who played injured throughout the year. And, you know, even though he played in all the games, uh, they kind of stuck him out there as just as a decoy. He was not operating at 100%. The guys who finished as wide receiver twos in those first three rounds were Odell Beckham Jr., T.Y. Hilton. Amari Cooper, and everybody else in those first three rounds was wide receiver one. That's another reason why we love the RB0 strategy, because in those first three rounds, you're pretty much guaranteed top potentials, and the injury risk is less with wide receivers than it is with running backs. So here's how we're going to do this. Because the first three rounds are such a lock, there's only a few guys last year who did not make the mark. We're going to specifically look at wide receiver one first. So, Mike, in the first three rounds of this year's draft, 
tell me one guy that you think will be kind of like the AJ Green, but without injury, or the Larry Fitzgerald of last year and finish outside that wide receiver one territory. That guy for me is going to be Amari Cooper. Last year, he had a lot of boom games and a lot of bust games. And I could just see that carrying over into this season. And having a boom or busty player isn't likely to result in a wide receiver one, even at his third round ADP. So everybody going in the first three rounds, I definitely think Cooper will not be topping out in the wide receiver rankings when the season comes to an end. Yeah, and like you mentioned with the, him busting, 66% of the games last year he busted in, or actually I should be more specific, when he was in Oakland, 66% of the games he was a bust, so outside wide receiver one or two territory. Then he moves to Dallas, everybody thought that he was so great. 66% of the games he busted. You don't want that. But when he goes period. off, he was winners. Because I remember last year going into whatever the Monday night game was against the Eagles. I needed 33 points out of him to win. And sure enough, he put up a big old like 40 spot, I think. Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was 44. I, hey, look, he's my favorite player. So you do not need to convince me that he is a great, great wide receiver. But I think that. If we see that the like last year the first three rounds were solid, if I'm drafting in the first three rounds of this year, I'm gonna try to find solid value, not 66% bust value. Yeah. Uh, for my guy in the first three rounds that I think could finish outside wide receiver one territory, I'm gonna take a uh, a page out of Mike's book here, and I'm gonna go bold, bold prediction. And that guy for me is Odell Beckham Jr. As much as everybody loves that move to Cleveland, you know, great wide receiver that is now on a better team with a better quarterback. You know, Baker was, uh, if he played all 16 games last year, he was going to throw for 4,000 yards. He should throw for 4,000 yards again this year. So why don't I like him? First, he's only had one season where he played all 16 games. So let's take a look at last year, right? So he finished as a wide receiver too. He played in 12 games, 77 receptions, 1,052 yards, six touchdowns. Now, the thing is, in all of his years in New York, he had a good amount of touchdowns, you know, 12, 13, 10. I think that in Cleveland, the team is going to be better where he is not going to get those double-digit touchdowns. So I'm expecting the touchdowns to go down. There's one. Two, I know we don't like to project injury, but I don't expect him to play all 16 games again. So keep him around, you know, that max 70, 80 reception range at the max, just because he's not playing as much. There's two. Three, there was no competition in uh, in New York. I mean, at least not like there is in Cleveland. They have a lot of weapons. And look, Jarvis Landry, I'm not drafting him because Odell is there. Uh, for fantasy purposes. However, it doesn't need to be the Odell Beckham Jr. show. It is going to eat into a little bit of his target. So let's just say he replicated the numbers from last year, right? So he plays in 12 games because he has an injury. He has 77 catches, but because there's a little bit more, um, there's a little bit more competition, maybe that goes down to 65 catches. Maybe the thousand yards goes down to 880 or not low 900s. Maybe the six touchdown stays around there or goes to like four or five. I mean, uh, look, this is either, there's a million reasons also why I could be wrong. You know, great talented player goes to a better team. Don't overthink it. 
So this is either a guy that you draft that finishes as a top five wide receiver or, or at the first pick of the second round where his ADP is going, I'd rather a guy that I'm pretty confident is going to play 16 games. He's on a team that like I, I know where he's going to be in terms of his workload. There's a lot of things for me for Odell that I don't like, and he wasn't wide receiver one last year. So why am I going to be... I don't know. Why am I going to be that excited about it? Yeah, I mean, to piggyback on that a little bit, not the whole injury thing, although he had, he's only proven once he can play a whole season. But, I mean, last year Jarvis ate up 150 targets. So that's the kind of numbers that Odell was seeing when he was in New York. That can't happen. They can't split that. That's going to be like Harden and Westbrook both playing in Houston. You know, the, the ball has to be spread between multiple people. They can't just be heavily targeting on one guy. So his production will definitely be down simply for targets being taken away, let alone any injuries that may occur. Yeah, and they're going to be a good team. I mean, they're going to run the ball. Nick Chubb is going to be a huge part of that offense. Their defense is good. I mean, I don't think that they're going to. It's not like the Giants where Odell might need to make like six catches in the fourth quarter. I mean, I I expect them to be up in a lot of games and running out the clock and, you know, using, you know, David and Joku up the middle and wearing down the defense. I mean, I see this more as like a too many mouths to feed kind of situation. Uh, granted, he's going to have some huge games, of course, because he's Odell Beckham Jr. But I think his end of the year stat line is going to be around average, not as not what you expect from him. Yeah, just counter argument with too many mouths to feed. You got the Minnesota Vikings with Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and Dalvin Cook, and they managed to figure it out last year. But your main point, again, was the whole injury thing, actually being on the field, which I can totally get. That's true. And, I mean, look, again, that's why I said, you know, there's definitely reasons. Like you said, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings, like, you know, if drafting Jarvis and Odell is like drafting Diggs and Thielen, then, yeah, then I'm absolutely wrong. But if you take then, you know, Diggs has been also historically not healthy but you know not kind of like Odell I mean Odell missed four games last year like Diggs only missed one you know and I guess just like my point is I don't expect him to play 16 again like prove it to me that you can play 16 then you'll play 16 you know what I mean like (laughs) like it's been it's 2016 that you played 16 games and you know I don't know I don't know. I just think, like like I said, if I have to pick one person in those top three rounds, Odell is the one that, like, if I'm drafting him, I'm like, ah, there's just something about it that I don't like. Yeah, he's one of those. I always have those guys where it's like the name is there and the potential's there, but I would much rather somebody grab them before it gets to my pick so I don't even have to second guess it. Just go on to the next guy. Yeah. Exactly. Now, look, you you wanna you wanna go the opposite direction and like, look, Zach, you're crazy. You know, his yards per game has always been like 85 yards per game, like average career. So, like, you know, there's so many things that 
like there's just so many things that make Odell a great player and make this move amazing for him fantasy wise but I just think that there's like a few things that kind of just get in the way that I think could knock the stats from where they were in New York just down a few pegs which I think take him just out of that wide receiver one range now unlike running backs in the last episode, uh, if you remember, there were a few guys that were spread out a bit that did finish as a running back one, like Tariq Cohen and James White later in the draft. However, for wide receivers, it was just one, and that was Robert Woods with the ADP in the ninth round. Now, again, do not take this to mean that you're always going to get a wide receiver one in the ninth round. However, historically, there is going to be those one or two guys that are late that finish way above their ADP. So we're going to try to replicate that here for this year as well. So Mike, let's take a look later in the draft. Give me a guy that you think people can go out there and draft later that has the potential to finish as a wide receiver one. So my guy that I think you can get very late, this guy's a lottery ticket. I hate to admit it. Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, newest acquisition, making his comeback to the team, Deshaun Jackson. So all through training camp, obviously I've said it before, I listened to a Philly sports talk radio and they're just talking up Deshaun Jackson. He's so fast. I know he's fast. He's getting older. They're claiming he's still got the speed. I think he's just going to be able, he's adding another dimension to that offense that other teams will have to account for and they will not be able to successfully account for it. And because of that, I just think he has that potential to finish as a wide receiver one. Also with Fitzmagic last year, in the beginning of the year, he was a wide receiver one. Yeah, he had he um, yeah he was going off. And apparently him and Wentz have been connecting. Alshon is technically the wide receiver one, so he, I would imagine he'd be getting any type of double coverage. They're also planning on doing a lot of the two tight end offenses. So they'll be using Deshaun Jackson to take the top off. And if he does successfully take the top off without any safety help, you should be expecting those big chunk plays out of him. Yeah, he's definitely like if he's going to be a wide receiver one, it's going to be because he has a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Not, you know, yeah, I think it's gonna a, not be a 90 like catch a, guy. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a. I mean, I guess T.Y. Hilton had a lot of catches his wide receiver one years, but I think it's going to be very Hilton-esque in how he comes about getting his points where he gets those chunk plays every game. Yeah, he might be a guy who finishes as a wide receiver one with like 60 catches. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't listening to Philly Sports Talk, I'm sure I'd have somebody else lined up here, but they just keep bringing him up. and I'm like, all right, I'll buy into it. I'll drink the tea. It's all right. Well, I also think that if he didn't have the year he had last year, you probably oh, wouldn't yeah, be loving this. But just the the fact that he was able to still be so successful at his age, it's like, okay, look, he proved it. He, he's not like a guy that you're waiting for him to prove it. It's like, wow, he was really, really great when Fitzmagic was on the field. And, um, you know, Wentz is a great quarterback too. Yeah, so what do you got as your late round potential boomer? Yeah. Uh, so my guy that's going a little bit later, first pick of the seventh round is Allen Robinson. Now, 
Another year under Trubisky. I expect all of the numbers from last year to improve. I think he's the clear cut wide receiver one. Got a good defense, so the offense is going to be on the field more often. I expect that offense to have more and more plays. Uh, you know, they get a great another offensive piece in David Montgomery to improve the run game and improved offense just helps out everybody. Now, 2015, we know had that huge year, 80 catches, 1400 yards, 14 touchdowns. The next year in 2016, 73 catches, 883 yards, six touchdowns. Of course, we were expecting that touchdown dip to go down. Has that terrible injury comes in on a new team in Chicago with a new quarterback, has the highest catch percentage that he has had in his career with 58.5%, has 55 catches, 754 yards, four touchdowns. I highly expect those four touchdowns to go up. I can see him getting about eight this year. I expect about 1,000 yards or close to 1,000 yards. I think that for Allen Robinson... You know, it can only go up. He's such a talented player. We know the talent is there. And at also last year with the 55 catches, 754 yards, four touchdowns, that was just in 13 games. I expect him to play, you know, full 16 because besides that big injury, you know, he hasn't really had many injury problems. Nothing like really like nagging or anything. Another year under Trubisky is only going to help him and Trubisky as well. I think that the Bears are going to be smart and use him more in the red zone because he is a big body. I just think that, you know, other guys that are around him like Christian Kirk and Will Fuller, you know, why would I be drafting guys like that when I can draft a number one wide receiver who has a 1,400 yard, 14 touchdown season in their belt? So my guy's Allen Robinson. Yeah, I definitely see his numbers going up as much as I'm not a Trubitsky fan. But like you said, he only played 13 games last year, and he managed to put up that many points. So he'll have a full season under his belt, hopefully, if he stays healthy. And this will be year two in the new new offense, new quarterback. So you'd imagine they'd be more on the same page if they weren't last year. So his his numbers are definitely going to go up if he stays healthy. I'm just not sure if they're going to be peeking out at that wide receiver one range because I think he only had he only finished as a wide receiver one as in one week this past season of the 13 weeks that he played Mm -hmm. well yeah I mean like I said I'm just uh I just think that that late in the draft you know he has the potential that's a great I mean seventh round for me I already have my three wide receivers and two running backs and probably a tight end so he's gonna be my fourth wide receiver I will I'll I'll take Allen Robinson as a bench stash yeah exactly because even if you have to stash him on the bench you know like I said you know other guys that are around him like Christian Kirk Will Fuller like sure you know Will Fuller has had some boom potential before you know Christian Kirk we're just kind of waiting for him to develop but I would much rather sit on Allen Robinson and if nothing comes of it you know at least it's a bigger name for a trade you know if Christian Kirk falls off you can't trade him for anything if Allen Robinson falls off you know you know what I mean like he's uh, just like a bigger trade chip as well yeah he becomes a little bit more valuable even if he doesn't produce um I don't even think I don't even think Will Fuller off topic off, off no, the record I don't think Will Fuller is even boom or busty it's just if he's healthy or not like last year every game he played he put up 15 points if he played he put up points and it's just it's because deshaun watson is 
taking double coverage yeah. and Will Fuller's speed demon. Yeah, Will Fuller's a great player. Kiki Cootie is going to be nice assuming he, he's healthy. That whole team is, I think, stacked on offense. Yeah, except running back. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, appa- how their tight end is. Well, apparently they. <laughs> I know. Apparently they. Uh, they were gonna go for Melvin Gordon, and then they were like, "Nope." They were expecting him to, and like, "No, we're just looking for a solid RB 2 behind Lamar Miller." Did you know? Okay, here's a fun fact about the not sexy Lamar Miller. Did you know that Lamar Miller is the is only old. running back to rush for a thousand yards in the last five seasons? Well, uh, Lamar Miller. Lamar, yeah, he's Lamar Miller. I'm sure AP would be in that category if he didn't get injured. Yeah, that's true. I, it's just that just means he's been the healthiest. But like that. Okay, so <coughs> Lamar Miller, where's his where's his little ADP? Fourth pick of the sixth round for a thousand yard rusher. And a guy who's a clear cut number one. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I expect that ADP to go up now that they got rid of Foreman. All right. What do so, we got next in store for today? All right, so now let's get into our wide receiver twos. Now, uh, you know, they are either wide receiver ones who were injured, missed a little bit of time, so like Odell and T.Y. Hilton, or kind of like bigger name guys who just kind of had their average games or boom busty games. So you got Amari Cooper, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman. Four games now, suspension. Yes, and now that rounds out the, the the first like ten rounds. Now, when you look at those guys, they tend to be big name guys or just number ones on their team with that opportunity. You know, Julian Edelman, Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Cooks. I mean, those guys were going around other guys like uh, Marvin Jones or Michael Crabtree, Will Fuller, ADP wise, but these were more like bigger name guys, the well-known household name guys who it's kind of like you don't draft them and then you look later and you're like, duh, like why did I not expect them to blow up? I think sometimes we get so excited about, you know, hype around training camp or hype around, you know, a rookie or this younger guy with a new opportunity that sometimes we miss the, like the old faithfuls. Uh, But then later, you got in rounds like 10 and then 11, you got Calvin Ridley, who was the only rookie to make the uh, wide receiver two list. Then you got Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay. So Lockett had the opportunity with Baldwin only getting 50 receptions. Galladay, because Marvin Jones was injured, stepped into that. And Tate got traded. And Tate got traded. Um, now, uh, there's also the undrafted, you know, Tyler Boyd and Adam Humphreys. I mean, the Buccaneers, we know just with Fitzmagic, they were just gunslingers. Everybody was getting the ball. Everybody was producing Tyler Boyd because of the injury to AJ Green. So kind of the theme here is a lot of injuries to let guys step up. Now, we're not going to sit here and predict injuries to number one wide receivers. So we're going to just throw that out the window. But the other thing is a lot of the bigger name household name guys mid to late in the draft seem to hit as kind of like that easy breezy 10 to 15 points a week uh wide receiver two so mike let's take a look what wide receiver two that kind of big name or number one on a team that's going late uh for this year who do you think can finish as a wide receiver two 
My guy, I know he's coming off an injury, but is Emmanuel Sanders. Last year before he was injured, I'm pretty sure he was like a top five wide receiver in the league. He was wide receiver six on my fantasy. Wide receiver six. So they're putting disrespect on this man's name going in the 10th round. He's getting drafted behind the this two-year guys, uh, Cortland Sutton and Hamilton. But I, I don't know how hampered he's going to be from coming back from this injury. But assuming he can come back healthy, the potential is definitely there for him to put up your 10 to 15 points a week. He's always been a high-volume guy. He's a guy that you know you can he can get open. And although Flacco isn't much of an upgrade from Case Keenum it's I don't know I guess it's not even an upgrade they're on the same playing field in my mind but a different quarterback who could potentially like him more like him less I don't know I just see that he he can safely hit that 10 you said 10 to 15 I'd say like 12 to 15 points a week just he's Emmanuel Sanders he's going to get you four to five catches and he can definitely get the yards assuming he's healthy and not hampered by uh yeah, injuries coming back from well, he's in he's in training camp right now. You know, he's fighting, so he's he's hungry. Um, I mean, he could have a down year. He was the wide receiver six before he got hurt, so he could have an a down quote unquote down year and still be a wide receiver too. Like, yeah, you're drafting last year's wide receiver six in the tenth round, fourth pick of the tenth round. You know, it's. Uh, like you know there's a lot of hype around Cortland Sutton and but again it's Emmanuel Sanders could be down from last year and still finish as a wide receiver too yeah it's crazy that he's going I mean I get the injury but even looking back at like his prior ADPs in years past he's get he gets no respect he's he's outside the fifth round sixth round seventh round no matter how well he did in the previous seasons yeah well and so it's like Look, I look at this draft and I see, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling going like a whole round and a half higher than him, but he's the third wide receiver on that team behind Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and then MVS, and there's all this hype around MVS, I get it, it's Aaron Rodgers' receiver, but he is still third in the pecking order, whereas you look at Emmanuel Sanders and... You know, sure, there might be hype around these younger guys, but he's still the number one. Yeah, that's why I like him to finish in the wide receiver two range. He's he's yeah. still Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah I'm, he's injured. But... I'm more arguing with you. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, and especially this late in the draft, you're usually just finding lottery tickets that you can just hopefully just stash for a few weeks. And, I mean, stashing Emmanuel Sanders is a great thing to have to do with have in your stash it could be a league winner honestly you need you need to you know we were just talking about before before we started recording but to let the listeners know what we were mentioning like you don't win a fantasy football league with i have my rb1 my rb2 my wide receiver one my wide receiver two no you need to find you know guys late in the draft who have that potential to finish way higher than their adp and I think Emmanuel Sanders is, like, perfect for that. Like, if you can get him to be a wide receiver, too, and he's, like, stuck in your flex and you got that in the 10th round, I mean, that's that's kind of gold right there. Exactly. My guy is not as attractive as Emmanuel Sanders is in the 10th round. My guy is the fifth pick of the ninth round, and it's kind of like it's hard for me to even, like, say his name and say that I like him the same old same old story year in and year out and I hate to be the guy that's like this is his year 
But my guy is gulp Corey Davis. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Okay. <laughs> there's there's a few reasons why I like Corey Davis. So there's a few the obvious ones. One wide receiver one on his team the clear cut number one you gotta like that in late in the ninth round he was an early draft pick by the tennessee Titans, showing he has huge potential uh, okay yeah yeah you go with that you know uh, however two years that are like so underwhelming it's kind of hard to love them it's it's really hard to be like yeah this year's gonna be different but i'm gonna be that guy that goes yeah this year's gonna be different he looks amazing in training camp. And again, not to, you know, say that that's like the be all end all, but he, he does look amazing in training camp. A lot of his coaches are like, this is a different Corey Davis. Uh, he looks way more explosive. He looks leaner. He's become a smarter receiver. However, you know, we, we know we've been saying that for the last two years that it was going to be his time. However, you look at just two guys to mention who had very, very similar starts to Corey Davis as Corey Davis has, and that's Demarius Thomas and Terrell Owens. Both of them in their first two seasons. So let me give you Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas in his first season, 39 targets, 22 receptions, 283 yards, two touchdowns. His second year, you know, hey, this is gonna be Demarius Thomas's year. 32 receptions, 551 yards, four touchdowns. Third year. 94 for 1434 yards 10 touchdowns the next year 92 for 1430 14 touchdowns the next year 111 for 1619 yards 11 touchdowns now we go down to terrell owens right to 35 receptions 520 yards four touchdowns all right next year is going to be his year 60 receptions 936 yards eight touchdowns Okay, better, improved on it. The next year, 67 catches, 1,097 yards, 14 touchdowns. So not to say that, you know, every player who is hyped and underperforms in their first two years has a big third year, but it just kind of gives context that Corey Davis could be in that same category as Demarius Thomas and Terrell Owens. He sure has the talent to be uh, in the conversation as those two just really needs to find his stride. It's not nice that he's on Tennessee. I don't like that as much. However, I just think the opportunity is still there. He looks good so far. Third years seem to be different historically for these guys who are, you know, who end up our like future hall of famers so if i'm gonna take a flyer on someone in the fifth pick of the ninth round that could finish as a wide receiver two maybe even a wide receiver one i'll go with Corey davis yeah i don't agree with that but you know i don't agree with that and i'm not even gonna argue it i just don't agree with that <laughs> well he's a guy it's, he's hard to love yes very hard to love it's, i've never even owned him i just know every year I, I mean, my, my usually he's going like the fifth round, I feel like, the past two years. And the person who I always take ends up busting. And when I draft them, everyone in my league is like, you could have had Corey Davis. And then Corey Davis ends up busting. And I'm like, okay, whatever. He only has 1,200 yards in his first two seasons. It's it's not pretty. It's It's not pretty at all. But he has these games where you're like, oh, yeah, Corey Davis, he's like this elite wide receiver. But... It, it kind of reminds me of like, I'm hoping he's the reverse of Kelvin Benjamin, if that makes sense. 
like yes, Kelvin Benjamin started off hot and then fell off the side of a cliff. Yeah, like he's climbing up a cliff. Like I feel like he's he started out hot with not that much talent, just a big body, and then it kind of caught up to him as like, oh wait, he's actually pretty easy to cover. Where I feel like Corey Davis is like he's got all the skill and talent, just kind of needs to develop it, and. I don't know. I'm just hoping he's he's the reverse Calvin Benjamin. That's what I'm hoping. All right. All right. And then the the last thing we're going to talk about with uh, why trying to find a wide receiver two is that last year there was only one rookie that finished as a wide receiver two, and that was uh, Calvin Ridley. And the great thing about that is that there was no injury, uh, you know, to Julio. It's not like he stepped into this like number one role. It was just. As a number two, he finished as a wide receiver too, which I love that. I think that's great. So we're going to look at some rookies this year that we think could replicate that as Calvin Ridley did. So, Mike, who's your rookie that you think could finish as a wide receiver too? So Calvin was luckily playing behind Julio Jones, who I'm sure drew a whole lot of double coverage, leaving Calvin with a subpar uh, cornerback covering him. My rookie is not going to be in that situation. My guy is Nikhil Harry of the New England Patriots. And I like him for the sole purpose that Bill Belichick took him in the first round and Tom Beatty, Brady is throwing him the ball. That is my argument and I'm sticking to it. Uh, honestly, I don't think you need you need much more. Like like we're, we're trying to find a rookie that finishes a wide receiver too, like that 12-ish, 15-ish points a week. And yeah, no Gronk, Tom Brady. What's there not to like? Or what's there not to at least take a chance on, right? Exactly. And I mean, he is, ironically, as I check, he is the highest ADP'd rookie wide receiver at the moment. Not... So there's plenty of other people on the same page. Oh, he is. You're right. You're right. He's above. I was thinking DK Metcalf, but he is actually above DK Metcalf. Hey, yeah. DK Metcalf's measurables compared to those of... Doriel Beckham Green, Green Beckham. And we all know how that turned out. So DK Metcalf's going to be a stud. Yeah, I love the, uh, I love looking at his metrics in the, what was it, his three cone drill. He's in the three Three cone drill and pro agility drill. He's, Tom Brady has better times than him. Speaking of Tom Brady, and Keel Henry, take him, not Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I'm I'm I would also DK Metcalf's not my pick for this one, but I would Thankfully. look. DK Metcalf is first pick of the tenth round. Emmanuel Sanders is fourth pick of the tenth round. If it's between the two of them, I'm picking Emmanuel Sanders. Like, oh yeah, 100%. I don't think that Metcalf's ceiling is enough for me not to take Emmanuel Sanders. Like, hey, if he proves us wrong, good for him. But he just all his stats that came out and stuff he did as an exercise science major. It's very the stats were bubbled and they weren't really much to take i don't know they were very underwhelming for somebody who understands the numbers and like in what way well there was the body fat percentage thing everybody lost their minds of that that was just clearly an accurate reading because the world's best bodybuilders don't even get to that low of a body scent body fat percentage when they're on stage and they look leaner than him so that was just an improper reading 40 time congratulations you can run straight it's all about getting in and out of cuts. And like I said, Tom Brady was more efficient at getting in and out of cuts. And he just, this past season, got 1,000 rushing yards. So, I, I don't know. It's just, he, if you watch his tape, his, his combine tape, it was just like, this is a, like a big, goofy dude. 
Like he doesn't seem athletic getting in and out of any type of movement. Running straight, yeah, sure, he's great at it. But big whoop. He can bench a whole bunch of times. What does that mean? Christian McCaffrey only hit 10 bench reps on the 225, and he was RB2 last year. And the running back is a position that takes a lot more contact than a wide receiver. So I don't know, like the numbers that they were all going on and on about, they're really irrelevant for the position. Well, you also bring up a good point about the running straight because I'm sure a lot of people would argue, be like, well, he's a big boy. Just like have him, you know, like run a go round and toss it up. He'll catch it. But the thing is, uh, the way the game is, is that he's going to be hit off the line. He's going to be kind of guided to the sideline by, you know, a corner and a safety. It's not this whole like, oh, you just run straight and nobody gets in your way. I mean, and for a guy who doesn't have a lot of agility or like kind of body control and cutting control, it's going to be really hard for him. Like if a guy jams him at the line, like he's not going to get around him to be able to like run his go route. Whenever I bring up those arguments to people, they always just hit me with, oh, watch his, watch his highlight reel. And I'm like, you can watch anybody's highlight reel and they look good. You can go look at Doriel Green Beckham's highlight reel and he probably looks fantastic in college. Like, it, there's plenty more early round pick wide receiver busts than other positions where, like these guys, Devontae Parker, Zach's talking about Corey Davis is going to have a big year. I'm skeptical. These early round wide receivers, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, if he proves us wrong, congratulations, DK Metcalf. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just yeah. no. I feel it. Well, my guy that I like is kind of the, you know, not as ginormous as DK Metcalf is, but uh, my rookie that I think could finish as a wide receiver too is Paris Campbell. Uh, perfect mix of quarterback who's going to throw for four thousand yards and rookie wide receiver who can stretch the field. He is definitely like a big play guy. Frank Reich has been saying uh, that they really want to be able to like stretch the field and look to boost their yards after their catch department. I think that Campbell really brings uh, that kind of mentality and that play style to the offense. You know, he's a great route runner as well. Uh, the talk out of campus that, you know, just everybody loves him. Uh, he seems like a really talented guy. And I think that, again, you know, he could be in another offense and it wouldn't be as exciting. But the fact that he kind of has all the pieces of a good rookie wide receiver and then also, oh, by the way, Andrew Luck is your quarterback. You know, I think that Paris Campbell has that opportunity to be kind of like a staple in that offense behind T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, you know, I can't argue with that. I'm a fan of him in this upcoming season, too. But like I said, I just need like and kill Harry Moore. Yeah, uh, Paris Campbell, by the way, 12th pick of the 11th round. So, uh, you know, Baltimore defense is going before him. <laughs> Duanta Foreman, now on Indianapolis, is going like a oh, whole... Oh, you got signed already? A whole, no. Yeah, a whole round before him, but he's, you know, Indianapolis is... Uh, they have their running backs already. But... Uh, Anyway, so that is our, um, that's all for today. So, you know, again, know that just like with running backs, you know, the top part of the draft is pretty solid for wide receivers. Just make sure that, you know, as you're drafting later, think about when you want to take a chance on a guy like a flyer that you can stash 
or get a big name household name guy because you might need a little bit of consistency in your uh in your fantasy lineup think about how you drafted so far in your draft to be able to make those later round decisions glad that i was able to give you a bold prediction in odell beckham jr we'll see how that pans out for me I would not be surprised if I'm wrong on that one. However, if I'm right, I'm, we're going to have a whole episode on it. So anyway, remember to go uh, go give us a listen for next time as well. We're going to be talking about the tight end position. And then eventually we're going to get into a lot of mock drafts where we're going to be spending a lot of time on individual players and a lot of this and that. to Because there's always those times in the draft where you are stuck between two or three guys and we're going to try to help you make those decisions. So Make sure that you go listen to us on iTunes and on Podbean and hopefully soon on Spotify. We'll let you know when that comes out. So, Mike, before we go, just like I did earlier in this episode, give us a bold prediction. My bold prediction? Oh, boy. I don't think it's going to – I don't know. Well, it's a prediction. So, all three Rams wide receivers are going in the fourth round. Brandon Cook's fourth pick, fourth round. Robert Woods, sixth pick, fourth round. And Cooper Cup, 12th pick of the fourth round. Although Cooper Cup is being drafted as the lowest ADP wide receiver for the Rams, I think he'll be finishing as the best one of the three. If you can remember last year, before he got injured, he was the highest scoring PPR wide receiver for the Rams. And a little known fact, uh, I saw in an interview with Jared Goff and Cooper Cup, Jared Goff actually drafted Cooper Cup as his only Rams wide receiver on his fantasy football team. So if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you own a player on your fantasy team, you're going to be inclined to get him the ball. So I'm saying fourth round, you're looking for a wide receiver. You're thinking Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, or Cooper Cup. I'd take Cooper Cup. Oh, wow. Wow. Whereas the Sean Jackson had like six of them.